Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 36th episode of the podcast on August 27, 2013. Well, we have the football seasons coming upon us here. Uh, the college football season just starts this weekend. We can't wait. I know we just put out our prediction episode for mm-hmm. that. So give that a listen if you want an hour and a half of, you know, conference by conference breakdown, breaking it down the top 25, you know, our predictions for who wins each conference, the Heisman winners, uh, and even the bowl games for the BCS Bowls, as crazy as that seems to predict. Kind of want to set a little set a little benchmark for ourselves and yeah. you know, see how we do at the end of the year. Find out how wrong we are. Exactly. <laughs> well, August has been a, a pretty, you know, busy month for us. We're, you know... A, been a few weeks off here, so we're getting back to some stories that have developed over time, which have been interesting. So we're going to get into the red zone, and because the football season is upon us, we are getting back into our weekly format of episodes. Uh, that is at the Show Me Your News Network at showmeyournews.com. We have members participate in basically, in a way, kind of like prediction pools, but we don't pick games we pick games against the spread and you can check our forums there at showmeyournews.com slash forum to learn about what that's what that's like how to join it's really a lot of fun we had you know a good time with it last year mm-hmm. and it'll be interesting to see that continue this year yeah and if you know you're a fan of the show and maybe you want to get on sometime that's an opportunity to get on you know just do better than everybody else there you go i mean i think this year what we can be more you know, accepting of guests, we have you know mm-hmm. weekly podcasts, and it's what we're gonna do is so we go into the red zone where we talk about the three biggest sports stories from the week, and you know in this case it's been the past few weeks, but once you get on a weekly schedule, it's gonna be from the past week. Uh, then we're gonna be looking back at the week's previous games, kind of you know see what sta- stood out a little bit there, and then we go into our pick six, and that's gonna start this week with the first week of college football, where we have. Six games that we pick against the spread plus an extra point. We'll explain it more when we get down to that, but you got to get all that stuff out of the way because it is the first week back into the weekly episodes. It's been a while, Joel. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, that's another reason why we look forward to the football season because we get to talk about something every week that, you know, everyone wants to hear about. So, you know, in between there, we filled in, you know, we went through a lot of different sporting events and stuff, but now we're back to college football, which is. You know, college football and NFL is what this podcast is really about, you know, deciding the games, you know, finding out, you know, who's going to win each game each week. Absolutely. I mean, there's no hiding it, you know, know, coming from America and, you know, going to American universities, uh, you know, University of Michigan for myself and West Virginia Mm -hmm. University for you. I mean, you know, big college football programs and, you know, growing up with football and American football is huge here for those yeah. outside of the states i mean there's there's no denying it so we do try to touch on you know some of the other sports stories with the red zone and whatnot here but it's good to get back in the football let's get into that red zone as you know we just mentioned we start at the 20 yard line with baseball and another mm-hmm. triple crown race for miguel cabrera of the detroit tigers last time last year around this time we were talking about mm-hmm. the possibility of the Triple Crown happening because it hadn't been done since the mid-1970s. Mm-hmm. And the Triple Crown, for those that don't know, you're leading the league in batting average, home runs, and uh, RBIs, runs yeah, batted right. in. So Miguel Cabrera did this last year, and amazingly, he's on a more torrential pace this year. Yeah. I got to say, being you know living in Michigan... You know, growing up in Michigan, it's amazing to see the things that this Detroit Tigers team is doing because it was a team growing up in the mid 2000s that was a laughing stock. They 
lost in over 120 games in 2003, which was just unbelievable for the time. But a couple years ago, you had Justin Verlander as the you know, Cy Young Award winner and an MVP for a pitcher. Then last year, you have Miguel Cabrera with the Triple Crown and the league MVP. And now this year, I can you know, throw out the stats at you know, further <laughs> later when we're discussing this, but he's on a pace for an MVP season again, and now you have Max Scherzer, another pitcher who's right now 19-1. and one. Yeah. And that hasn't been done since Roger Clemens in 2001. So he's looking to be the Cy Young candidate. And they don't have any World Series titles <laughs> as of yet to show for it. It's just very interesting to be a fan at this time. So he is chasing the Triple Crown. I mean, have you gotten to watch some of you know, Cabrera uh, yeah. playing? Yeah. I mean, he's just on a tear, <laughs> really. It's kind of, like, surprising, too. I mean, like, you know, he, he was injured recently wasn't he's, he he still is injured yeah. that's the craziest part so he's been injured for about a month you know whether it's you know groin you know poles or stuff with his at lower abdomen he still you know lumbers a little bit around the bases and not quickly i mean he's generally a very good base runner but because of these injuries guy can't run Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty clear. It's like he has to, you know, he has to be a good hitter right now because, you know, the rest of his game is kind of waiting to come back. It's mm-hmm. But during the stretch he's hit over 10 home runs. He's hit 360. He's driven in more than 20 runs during this mm-hmm. month. It's it's incredible and you don't want to stop that just to say, "Hey, get some rest." I mean, it's it's really just incredible. So Around this time last year when he was on his triple crown pace, and this is, you know, stats from a couple days ago, mm-hmm. but he was hitting around 330. He had around 32, 33 home runs and about 100 or so RBI. Currently, he's got about 360, 43 home runs now. Yeah. And more than almost 130 RBI. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And this is an issue because. You have Chris Davis of the Baltimore Orioles, who, yeah. you know, several weeks ago we were talking about during the All Star break, he had 37 home runs. You know, seemingly comes out of nowhere. Uh, and you know, in today's baseball skepticism, I mean, you gotta hope and imagine that Cabrera is clean because he's done this consistently throughout his career. Yeah. You know, of 10 or more years, and Chris Davis comes out of nowhere and has this monster season. He's sitting at 46 home runs right now. So if the season ended today, Cabrera would not win the Triple Crown. Mm -hmm. But there's the question here and how we make the play with the predictive element of the show. Will Cabrera win a second consecutive Triple Crown? Yeah, I mean, again, it's usually these kind of things are based on injuries and need for rest. Because I think if he keeps playing and he doesn't get hurt anymore and, you know, they keep letting him play as much as they are, um, I think there's a really good chance he's going to catch up in the home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, barring injury, um, I'm going to say, yeah, I, I think he can. It's really interesting that, you know, Chris Davis says that, you know, he you know, wouldn't be against Miguel Cabrera passing him in home runs, which mm-hmm. it was part of the discussion on uh, Detroit Sports Radio yesterday. And, like, that's that's bull. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have some competitive You want to beat him. You're like, what kind of season are you going to have that, where you lead the league in home runs? It doesn't happen too often. Mm. And you're so okay with him passing that? I mean... Wow, I, that's that's kind of strange. I mean, we've got that article linked in mm-hmm. our show notes there if you want to go check that quote out. But I doubted Cabrera last year. I thought, you know, he would, you know, kind of stumble a little bit down, you know, at the end of the year. Watching what he's been able to do, I I can't doubt him. Again, I I, I want to see that history happen. And last year was just it was the history of First time someone had done it in you know years, mm-hmm. but nobody has ever had back-to-back triple crown seasons, ever. Yeah, and 
that would just be incredible to see. It's it's cool to see like ba- baseball history, especially when it's not. Um, at least from what w- we believe, you know, we don't believe he's on any kind of drugs or anything like that. Right. Um, in this day and age, a lot of records are going down because of people that have been doing drugs. Right. So um, I think that's kind of cool. Um, you know, again, hopefully he's clean. You know, that makes her. Um, much better baseball. <laughs> right. So uh, I'm trying to remember what his home run total at the All-Star break was and I know Davis's was about 37. So since then he's kind of slowed and only hit 9 home runs since then. Mm-hmm. I'm Yeah. Gosh, I, I want to say Cabrera's was around 30, 31. I want to say it was 30. And so for him to you know, hit 13, like he, and the way he's hitting right now, uh, could easily catch him at, at this rate, could catch Chris Davis, yeah. uh, with, you know, a few more weeks still to go in the season. It'll be interesting to watch for sure. Yeah. Just got to stay healthy. I mean, you got to make sure those injuries don't get worse. Absolutely. That, that's the big thing. Cause I mean, it, again, and if it comes down to the point where he just absolutely needs the rest for them to make a playoff run, then. It's con- it's completely understandable. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta put the playoffs ahead of everything mm-hmm. else. We'll 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 be keeping an eye on that one for sure. The uh, ten yard story takes us to the NFL, uh, with the decision that Rex Ryan, the head coach of the New York Jets, made to put starting quarterback Mark Sanchez into the game uh, in the third preseason game. Well, he suffered a bruised shoulder. Yeah. So that's almost karma there and now joel this kind of centers around one of west virginia's former players in geno smith who was yeah. not having a good first half at all no. three interceptions they've been giving him every opportunity to take the young quarterback takes over a team and re-energizes the franchise approach but that hasn't happened yet he's he's just not ready to fit in that system granted i think give him time he will but not right now no i mean uh it just it really didn't make any sense at all because um, that game was supposed to be an audition, and at that point, you know, it, it was things were not going well for Gino at all in that game. And I think that you pretty much by that point were deciding, okay, well, this guy I've had him for four years; he's definitely going to be my starter. Why put him in in a pointless game? I mean. There are people who question pre- the the amount of preseason games that there are. Um, you know, the, it's the the reason that they have them is to make teams, basically, to to figure out which players you're going to cut and which players you're going to keep. And you know, you knew you were going to keep Mark Sanchez and everything, and you knew that he was going to be your quarterback. I I'm pretty sure by the time going into that game, they probably already know knew. I mean. It just does not make any sense at all why you would put him in that game. No, it, you've got, it really you've got another quarterback in the, the Sims kid. Yeah, Matt Sims. Why is, don't you, know, you put him in the game? It's Phil Sims's kid, and yeah, if you're if you're gonna pull Geno out of that game, put Sims in. Here's the thing: I know, like they say, like oh, we're competing and all that. I think the reason was a little more selfish than that because this was the Jets and the Giants. It is a meaningless game by preseason standards. But I think Rex Ryan's competitiveness got the better of him. Oh, great. Try to have bragging One rights. preseason game. Congratulations. I know, but it's, it's bragging rights <laughs> for that area. They, you know, that's, that's important to those teams. And I think that clouded his judgment. And that's, it is foolish. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, it, it is almost karma the way it kind of bit him yeah. in the ass. There. One of those teams is going to the playoffs. The other is not. <laughs> the other is in the Jadavian Clowney sweepstakes, yeah. let's just say. Um, but no, I th- I mean, and, and the other thing is, like, you've seen plenty of him in the preseason. I questioned how much he played in the other game. that yeah. they, The other preseason game they had. I thought he he almost got hurt in that one, too. It just it, it blows my mind. You've got the Sim. I, I don't know if they've even played the Sims kid in the preseason. I don't know if they've played the Sims on PC. 
video game humor. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> um, no, I think it's even a, a strange approach to take because you have Geno Smith and you have Mark Sanchez. If you go the way that they seem to be approaching this quarterback situation, it seems a little backwards. You have Geno Smith out there. If he succeeds, great, he's your quarterback. But then if he struggles, then who do you go back to? Mark Sanchez, who you know what you're going to get from Mark Sanchez, yeah. and who doesn't have you know the, any other weapons on that offense, and that's going to be one of the main reasons they're going to struggle mightily this year. But the other situation is a little more desirable, which might be what they end up having to do, is that you know what you have in Sanchez. Give Geno Smith some understudy time. Don't throw him immediately into the fray. Have him you know, develop. And if halfway through the season... <laughs> When things are going to be a wash, or you know, you want to give some extra energy into mm. that franchise, then you switch to Geno Smith. Then, yeah, um, not not everybody is going to come in and be you know Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin the third. Mm-hmm. Those guys are big exceptions. Um, you know, playing way above what they should. For, for the point in their careers that they're at. And I, it just, most of the time, if you draft a quarterback, um, you would like to have somebody, you know, as a veteran that can teach them. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't really feel like Sanchez is that person to, to teach Gino, <laughs> you know, Sanchez how, can't how teach be, anyone, especially no, the exactly. haircut he's got. Have you seen that haircut that Mark Sanchez has? Yeah, and his different facial hair looks. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's starting to get hit with the male pattern baldness early and <sighs> is trying to grow out a mullet and a mustache and a goatee to compensate. Yeah. Not working. I wouldn't take advice from that guy. I'm just saying. No, it just... He thinks, um, he thinks that's a good idea. We... Uh, I'm not really sure, you know, unless the Jets have some kind of crazy good season, which I don't think anybody is predicting. Um, are they even going to have the same coach? To the end? I wonder. I mean, the New York media sure does love Rex Ryan and making stories based off of things he says or doesn't say. Yeah, and then he apparently melts down when he's just you know saying things in a different direction of the microphone, a different direction of the microphone, yeah. and so I, and I think this is a good uh, again. You're you're right. This is a good example of his stubbornness mm-hmm. um, because it, it's a hundred percent his decision. I'm sure the general manager wasn't like, yeah, put Sanchez in the game. Mm, yeah. I'm sure they said quite the opposite. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> At that point in the game, they were losing the Giants with you know several minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, and he wanted the best chance to win. And that, you know, yeah, that was a regrettable. Well, decision. I mean, you you might as well beat him in the preseason because you're sure as heck not going to beat him in the regular season. Do they even play them in the regular season? That's the thing. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't and know. So like that might have been like their Maybe. one chance. Oh, we won. We won the Super Bowl of the state because that's the best we're going to be able to do. Yeah, they do not play the New York Giants during the regular season. Oh, so well, this was their hey, they won an overtime, it was but worth it. They won an overtime, but at what cost? Well, yeah, and then I guess we can talk about, you know, his injury itself and yeah. uh, you know, what's what's going to happen. Well, I mean, we make the play here in our prediction is that will Mark Sanchez start at quarterback for the Jets in week one? Will he be ready? I don't think he will because it's it's a bruised shoulder. I don't think you want to, you know, force those things. Thankfully, it's not, you know, a ligament tear. It's not a rotator cuff. Oh, yeah. That stuff could be a lot worse. But I don't think it's something that you force him into the game, uh, you know, to be ready by the season and it's possible that i think geno smith's going to be your starter for week one at least while sanchez heals up and it's gonna be a tough go 
this is just kind of cr- it's kind of like crazy to think about like uh the the amount of quarterback switching that has gone on there in the past couple of years mm-hmm. um considering that the same guy has been there for four years <laughs> that's true um yeah i i don't see how he's ready because i don't think he can get in the practices he needs in order to be ready regardless of how quickly that's healing um he's not gonna be he's not gonna be ready for that game in time he's going to be spending most of his time doing you know whatever he has to do to get healthy um and so yeah uh gino's gonna start that game and that i'm sure that's not how people wanted it to happen right uh, if that one's against tampa bay and you have darrell revis revis island going against the jets yeah it's an interesting story but mm-hmm. i guess at least it, it's that. not a, a more brutal team to go against mm-hmm. you know tampa bay's you know looking to be middle of the road this year uh, at best so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on for sure but you oh, know, yeah. we don't we don't think he's going to be ready for week one. Now the five yard story is the biggest as we get to the metaphorical end zone here. The biggest <laughs> story has been these past few weeks the as I called it yesterday the Johnny Manziel experience extravaganza uh, any other kind of word <sighs> that you can explain the series of events that he has gone through which culminated during these past few weeks in the reports that he not only signed autographs for brokers, but got paid to do so. Yeah. Of course, that's a big no-no in the NCAA world. Joel, what do you make of this whole situation? Um, man, like, I don't know who 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 even really wants autographs anymore. That's the first <laughs> thing I always think. Um, in this day and age, where we all have a camera on our cell phone, I would much rather want a picture myself. Um, I don't think I'd ever pay for it though. And then maybe the picture can be autographed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is is that what happens? I don't, <laughs> I don't no, they brought a lot of you know jerseys and footballs and hats oh, and well okay and i don't know it's just eBay. um i think the thing that's uh, weird about it at first is um you know uh, i don't know he's he's still so young <laughs> like um compared like you, you think about it like he was in high school like oh you know over, a little over a year ago like before he came came to college, like it's just I, I think I, the realization like I always I keep forgetting like oh he was a freshman last year, mm-hmm. um, so but then again that's kind of his excuse for himself that he's been using for everything, yeah, you know he's just a college kid a young young dumb kid you know. But you know um, the rules if this is true. The thing is they have the cell phone video of him signing the stuff, not yeah. receiving the money. Then yesterday he's questioned by the NCAA for six hours, and it's uncertain what's going to happen of that. You know, People were pointing out on different sports talk shows that Miami got investigated by the NCAA 10 weeks ago. They have not had their punishment handed down yet. So now they're in this balance now with Texas A&M and Johnny Manziel that what does Texas A&M do? Do they play him? I mean, he's currently eligible. You got to play him for the Alabama game in week three yeah. or else you don't have a season, mm-hmm. basically, that, yeah. that you want to have. Um, but then if Manziel is found out to be guilty of these, then you have to vacate those wins that you get this year. Yeah. Um, uh, really? Um, I think, you know, if I... If I was his coach, um, I think, you know, athletic director plus the coach, both of them are going to be involved with this. I would not play him the first game. I definitely would not play him the first game. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And if they think, you know, a one-game suspension handed down by the school, um, you know, I would at least do that. Because, you know, (laughs) we'll talk about the spread for that game later, but um, I don't think they need him to win that game. Right. And... So what is it going to hurt to not play him? Oh, it hurts his stats. Well, I mean, he's already got a Heisman. Like, exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, it's It should be more about winning the games anyways. So, yeah, you know, it's, you know, week-to-week sort of thing in college football, and yeah. know, it's really important. And, and so, you know, if you can win a game and your starting quarterback doesn't play, that's awesome, you know? Um. It's so, a really interesting situation that they have brewing yeah. at that school because I, not only is that whole situation, you know, kind of up in the air, but then they had the chancellor of the school say that like he he knows within his heart that Johnny Manziel is innocent. I mean, we've had well, characters cough cough Ryan Braun say he'd bet his life that he's never used steroids. Well, Guess what? You were deluding yourself, and you actually did. So, I mean, these kind of claims just seem to come out of nowhere. What did he like? Talk to him directly, and he says that he knows things that others don't know. But then he's so vague on it that you know you you have no idea. Exactly, because I'm sure he knows a lot of. Any anyone that's involved with any university knows a lot of things that they can't, they wouldn't tell the media. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I don't know. It's it's not not what Texas A&M wanted to be happening right now. No, this is supposed to be their not. season. Definitely not, because you gotta think Menzel goes to the NFL after this. You gotta avoid oh any yeah. problems like this. Yeah, I mean. Which, which is crazy because you you, you got to think like, you know, after he won it last year, people were thinking, man, if this guy is like here for a couple more years, like he could set all kinds of NCAA records and mm-hmm. stuff. But th- there's not, no chance yeah. of that happening. Not in today's league. I mean, you also have to think, is Johnny Manziel so delusional and just oblivious? He, he has to know the rule. Yeah. You can't get paid. You come from money. Ask mommy and daddy for extra funds if you really are hurting that bad. You're at the front seat of games, you know, for uh, the NBA or whatnot. I, it just blows my mind. I mean, they have money. Like, what do you need that extra money I, for? It's on top be, of the fact that it's illegal. It's got to be an ego thing. It's got to be. And then you also, if you read the, uh, it was a few weeks ago, but Deadspin had a really good article. And when oh, they do yeah. deep dives of journalism, like it's great stuff. I mean, first with the Manti Teo catfish situation to break that story. They also had a kind of genealogy lineage look at the Manzel family yeah. and the questionable practices that that family has participated in. Now, not saying because of that, Johnny Manzel is guilty, but the whole, you know, cliche of the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be surprising if he just grows up in a different world perspective that he thinks he can get around certain rules. And It's very interesting to hear his family talk about him, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they said some surprising things that I didn't expect. You remember especially... what any of those were? Oh, like, uh, just like the way they talked about the way that he acts sometimes. Um, like saying like you know, how he does act irresponsible sometimes and like that, and it's like yeah, the Heisman think... was like the worst thing to happen because yeah, it's it, like you know, kind of you're not really there. helping him here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Just seemed kind of strange, like very very shocking. Some of the stories that came out. I mean, like you know, every seemed like every publication had something on him that was different, but um. Yeah, I, it seems like, uh, especially like his father is not happy with the way he handles himself. So, mm-hmm. so we make the play here. Will Johnny Manziel miss games due to NCAA punishment this year? 
Well, okay, so uh, the way the way I was thinking about this is kind of the way I explained it. I I think it would um, kind of be a uh, because this is what I think the school should do, and I hope they do it because otherwise, um, I mean, they they will probably have wins vacated. Um, is self suspend. Uh, you know, handle it yourselves. Uh, try and hand out some punishment on your own. Because it seems like when schools do that, the uh, the punishment by the NCAA is lighter. Um, the other thing that I, I just can't, like, I keep thinking about is if he knows that he's, like, in trouble for this and everything, and he ends up playing, he's going to cost his team the season. And because they will end up handing out a punishment, uh, how could he live with that? You're I, saying that from your perspective, if you were in his shoes. I, I just, like, like I, yeah, exactly. I don't know how you could let your team down like that. You're the guy that, you're obviously the guy they all look up to, mm-hmm. you know, because you brought a Heisman to that school and you put you put that school on the map right now pretty much uh it just you, you're you're very young but you're the leader of the team and i i just don't like so i i think they will eventually be you know i think he's going to miss games but i think it's going to be because the school themselves interesting so not held he holds him out of the game and i think so, as long as they do that there won't be any game suspensions Interesting. by the NCAA. Alright, so you're saying that he won't. It'll just be self, you know, school self-punishment. Uh, yeah. I kind of agree with you there in a sense. I think if Texas A&M does kind of impose a self-suspension, that could help their case. But I think the severity to which this crime, if he's guilty... Mm-hmm. The kind of punishment that it would levy, I think it's at least a full year. And I think, you know, suspending one, maybe two games, I don't think that's enough. No. Now, granted, the NCAA is so dumb on so many levels with these yeah. kind of things. Like, they don't want him to miss that game because of the attention. It's one of the biggest games at the beginning of the year or even the whole year. So they don't want that game diminished, so they'll probably oh, want exactly. Johnny Manziel to play. They were having practices that were brilliantly exposed by Jay Billis of ESPN, I might add, of, you know, here's what they have on their store. You know, they're making money hand over fist on, you know, Texas A&M jerseys that just say two on the back, and you don't think that's, you know, Johnny Manziel intended? Yeah, I mean, if he does not, he if he doesn't play in that game against Alabama, that's going to hurt them. It's mm-hmm. going to hurt their profits for sure. So, I mean, they did shut down the whole store procedure once that was kind of exposed and be like, oh yeah, we're we kind of look really bad there. It's a whole other discussion to get into the should you know student athletes for football especially be paid considering how much money they bring into the schools, blah 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 blah. Yeah, whole other discussion altogether. Yeah, exactly. But for this, I think the punishment comes down hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one thing to say about looking into the six hours and how that might, you know, kind of be telling that it's unsure, you know, what the result of this six hour meeting was. But I think that there would be enough paper trails to see that, that a yeah a infraction has been committed. That's a that's a big deal. Yeah, and you know, happens. for me, for me personally, when I think about it, like he could play this year, he couldn't play this year. I really could care less <laughs> because I've heard so much about it to this point where I don't really care anymore mm-hmm. about it. You know, I mean, I'm still gonna enjoy the college football season with or without Johnny Manziel. His fans and his school might not enjoy it without him, but you know, he got himself into this mess. So, mm-hmm. 
I think they'll have him play through the Alabama game, and once that's done and they get their ratings, Hammer's coming down pretty soon after. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, well, at this, at this point of the show, we would go through a replay, and we look at through some of the past football games uh, from the previous week and see what stood out. But since we don't have any, uh, we you know hey. invite you to go to the Show Me Your News forums at showmeyournews.com slash forum, where we have our down-the-sidelines section of the forums. There we have our instructions for the picks and what you can do to participate in that. I've, I've been waiting about two-thirds of a year for this, but <laughs> we're going to get back into the picks. So we pick by the spread, and if you don't know how that works, you know there's usually a number attached to the end of a matchup. Uh, these are the points that you know the, the spread is marked at, and you're looking at kind of over or under here. If, you, if it has a minus sign next to it, this point spread is attached to how many points is the home team projected to win. If there's a plus attached to it, that's how many points the visiting team is expected to win by. Um, basically, if you have the spread there, in order to pick the team that is favored... You have to say, if you're picking the favorite team in the spread, it has to go over that point total. Or mm-hmm. if you're going to pick the team that is the underdog, you can either you know, pick them to win outright, but also picking them means a result that is less than that point spread. It'll make more sense when we get into practice here. So let's start with that first game. And you know, right on this <laughs> topic of Texas A&M, you have Rice visiting Texas A&M. Uh, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. The point spread is minus 26 and a half. So that means minus the home team here, Texas A&M, is favored by 26 and a half points. Yeah. Now, if we pick Texas A&M, that means Texas A&M will beat Rice by more than 26 and a half points. Yeah. If we say, oh, I'm going to pick Rice in the spread, that means Texas A&M could still win, but less than 26 and a half points. Or Rice could win the game outright. Yes, so that's three touchdowns and two field goals. That's, that's, three guys. that's a lot. So here we go. So Rice <laughs> at Texas A&M, minus 26 and a half. What are your thoughts on this one? All right, well, this one, you know, I was th- just talking about it earlier. Um, the spread of this game, um, probably, um, you know, I'd say it was probably higher like a few weeks ago mm-hmm. if they already had it out. Um just because now that there's a chance that he might not be playing in this game. I mean, there's definitely a chance. We we, we have no idea. but um, So you kind of have to look at Rice um, and, and, and see if they are kind of up to the level to keep this game close. I think maybe they could keep it close until like halftime. Yeah. Um, but I'm still actually going to go with A&M regardless of who's playing quarterback because I think I think the backup can come in and as long as he can manage the game, there's still some skills on that offense. I mean, uh, definitely a receiver. And uh, I, I think they can do things without Johnny Manziel. You know, when they step up the level and they've got to play against the other SEC teams, they're going to need him. But I think against Rice, they'll be fine and be able to cover like a 30-point spread. Hmm. So you've got Texas A&M. Now, yeah. A&M's coach, Kevin Sumlin, come, uh, came from Houston. Mm-hmm. And they had Case Keenum in that passing attack. Brought that kind of passing attack over. Now, yeah, it does depend on the quarterback to use the skill sets that you know is available to that quarterback. You know, so Johnny Manziel is going to be more prone to run. He can also pass as well. Yeah. But a pocket passer is going to you know, bring out that air attack. I think it's a little more dependent on if Johnny Manziel plays. Mm-hmm. Because 26.5 is a lot. But because I think he is going to, I think they're going to have no problem dealing with that. They're a good team. Yeah. And Rice is not as much. So they, they just, They're in a conference with a lot of good teams. <laughs> right. Give me the Aggies to cover the 26.5 point spread. Mm-hmm. Up next is Syracuse at Penn State, plus eight. So plus means you're looking at the visiting team, and that means Syracuse, in this case, is favored by eight points 
against the home team Penn State. This is at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. It is. I'm not too sure about... I mean, Syracuse had a pretty good year last year. Mm-hmm. And I, that was kind of an oversell, I think, a bit of what their you know, team is generally capable of. Now, especially when you had Doug Marone go to the NFL to coach the Bills. Yeah. You know, where does that leave your team? Mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien is really making the most of what he can at Penn State, considering the Jerry Sandusky situation. And you have a, uh, a good you know, freshman quarterback in Christian Hackenberg. I'm trying to remember if there was a quarterback competition there. I'm not sure if they've announced officially who's going to be starting there. Yeah. But an eight-point spread... For Syracuse, even if you know they win by a touchdown, that doesn't cover the spread. I'm going to go Big Ten here. I've got the Nittany Lions, maybe even going for the upset. But I think you know they can, you know, kind of cover or you know, prevent Syracuse from covering that eight points. So yeah. I'm going to go on Penn State. Um, I don't know. I I feel like uh, the spread should almost be reversed for this game. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised Penn State isn't favored. Um. You know, you've lost the coach who, you could say that's, I mean, it definitely is a turnaround for Syracuse compared to what they're, you know, used to every season for a long time. Um, He really stepped, I mean, brought that program back up to relevance. And um, so you lose him and then you lose one of the top quarterbacks in the draft last year. Um. I, I, I don't know necessarily, um, oh, you know. Wait, I'm, I'm trying to check the the accuracy of this right now because it does seem a little off that... Uh, hold on, let me look here. We may I, have... I mean, it might actually be right. I, I just can't remember because I, I was listening to something the other day and I thought someone said that Syracuse was favored in that game. Yeah, Penn State is the home team here. Yeah. But why does this website have them reversed? I don't know. We're going to go with it right now. All right. Well, um, regard yeah, regardless of what that spread is, I'm picking Penn State. <laughs> um, because I think they return more talent than Syracuse does, regardless of the uh, lost scholarships and everything. I think uh, you know they might have a, a pretty tough season in their conference, but I think they can. They're, they'll have a good enough team to beat Syracuse. Sounds good to me. Mississippi State at Oklahoma State. You got the SEC Big Twelve matchup there. Minus twelve and a half. Also at three thirty p.m. Eastern. Cowboys hmm. favored by twelve and a half points at home. I'm going Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they had that hot start last year. Now, granted, both. Good teams, you know, I think Oklahoma State does end up winning the game in the end, but maybe about a 10-point game here. Okay. Uh, 12 and a half seems like a little bit much. And, you know, for the first game, Mississippi State for the past couple of years have had that trend of, you know, starting off hot and then the pressure just gets to them when you face that tough SEC schedule. And I'm not entirely sure about the Big 12 level of competition this year. Mm-hmm. I think it might be a little more balanced and you don't have any clear favorites in there and yet those sec schools recruit talent mm-hmm. now granted some of those you know the talent pools may be stronger than other sec schools but those kids play ball all year round yeah so i'll pick mississippi state in this one that oklahoma state will not cover the 12 and a half yeah um last year's mississippi state team was good regardless of what the record was they were good um they just ran into their conference. I mean, their conference is, you know, you could be ranked in the top ten and not be the top in the top four in your conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're getting there. Um, they're having much better rec- recruiting classes, and um, you know, uh, I, I think it'll still maybe there maybe like two years off from being able to compete because a lot of times in the sec it's about turnover and if the kids that are coming in are talented enough to take over and um i think mississippi state still this year like i like i was saying the other day um 
you know, they could win, you know, seven games in a row and then lose their last, like all the rest of their games mm-hmm. the season. And I, I would consider that still a good year because it's just they're going up against, you know, two or three top five teams in a row. Um, so th- this is this will be an interesting test for them because, um, you know, a, a little bit different than a lot of the offenses they're going to be seeing this year. Um, and, I, and I think this is a game where Oklahoma State, um, their coach says he's going to play both quarterbacks. So um, I think one of them is going to have a better game and end up, you know, becoming the starter after this game. But I, I really like this matchup because I think it'll be close for a while. But I think at the end of the game, Oklahoma attacks on Oklahoma State gets maybe a turnover because they usually don't have good defenses, but they force lots of turnovers Mm -hmm. because teams, you know, get behind on them and then are forced to throw the ball down the field, make bad throws. Um, So I think maybe they'll tack on a touchdown or two at the end of the game that will just cover that spread. So I'm taking Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Now, for what it's worth for those listening, we do make our picks separately (laughs) of each other. So you know we're not going off based of what each other said to make our picks, I and mean, we've we've made them beforehand before the show here, and you know we, we're finding it out basically finding out what each other's picks are as we say them. So in yep. case anyone wonders how that process goes, next game here is Alabama versus Virginia Tech, plus nineteen, and be Alabama favored by nineteen. It's at five thirty p.m. in the Georgia Dome, neutral yeah. site. Who do you have in this one, Joel? Um, I'm going to go with the reigning national champions, um, Alabama. I think they can cover that against a Virginia Tech team that appears to be, at least from what I've heard, reworking how their offense works because they don't really have a clear-cut number one at running back right now. Um, it seems like every year they generally have somebody who eventually becomes an NFL running back. Um, but right now they're just not really sure who it is. And then, you know, I think... Uh, Logan Thomas will be kind of learning this offense, and that is a really tough first matchup for them to be, you know, trying out something new. Um, and just I, while I think their defense is going to be better better this year, I just think Alabama is going to do what they do to everyone and wear them out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so deep at almost every position, um, and I, I, I think they have a quarterback who does not get enough credit, uh, nearly enough credit, because he's around so much talent. Um, and I think uh, I think they'll go over top of Virginia Tech's heads a few times because I know Virginia Tech is going to stack the box against them. Mm-hmm. So I, I've got Alabama in this one. Anyway. Take it from a Michigan graduate, diehard Wolverine fan. It is not fun to get blasted by Alabama in the season opener. And they're so good at preparing all summer for that game. Even if a team seems competent. Yeah. And, you know, Michigan ended up having, I think, a 9-3 and season. They, they lost in the bowl game, but that's another thing altogether. So a good team, and then Alabama comes out in the opener on national TV and barnstorms them. I mean, I think 19 yeah. is nothing. They blast people in national championship games, so yeah. it's hard to pick against. Like them. you're saying, if Virginia Tech, you know, still has yet to figure out their offense, and that defense is going to come for them, yeah. ready and hungry, you're going to force turnovers. It's not going to be pretty. I think Alabama covers 19 easily. Lo- Logan Thomas needs to move around. He needs to get outside the pocket as much as he can. Um, he, he needs to keep plays alive. It's, um, he cannot sit in that pocket that I can tell you right now, I don't care how good your offensive line is. He's not going to have that much time. And I'm so, sure TJ uh, Yeldon will have a good game too, but yeah, you know, I, I predicted AJ McCarron would win the Heisman this year and it's all going to start with the play action. Oh, exactly. I mean, I, I, I think every team's job this year is to stop Alabama from running the ball and, I don't know how many teams will actually be able to do that. Um, and what you give up when you do yeah, stack the box or things exactly. like that. Yeah. Now, surely what hopes to be a more competitive game is Georgia at Clemson, plus one and a half. So the dogs are favored by one and a half points here. That's at primetime, 8 p.m. They've got the game day crew down there. Who do you have in this one? 
Um, well, I actually have Georgia, and the reason that I have a Georgia in this game is because, um, you know, I have them getting to a BCS game as an at-large. Um, you know, not even making the championship game, so they're going to have to have a good, um, you know, good strength of schedule, good wins out of conference. And, you know, I already told you I picked Clemson to win the ACC, so if you have a win over the ACC champion... That's a great win to have. That's true. And if you get left out of the SEC championship, then when they're sitting there picking the Bulls at the end of the year, they're going to look and say, well, they beat Clemson. Let's put them in a BCS game. Mm-hmm. Although, so, you know, the wins at the beginning of the year aren't going to be as weighted as heavily, but it'll be oh, something no, to consider. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, just, you know, if Clemson ends up winning the ACC, that's going to be a very impressive win. That's well, true. That's true. But uh, it should be just fireworks. Oh, it should be great. Yeah. I've got Georgia as well. Um, I think you know both defenses around kind of the same level. Maybe Georgia's a little, you know, better because of the SEC talent and the battle tested and all that. But I'm going to trust the combo of Murray and Gurley mm-hmm. versus Boyd and Watkins. Yeah, I'd rather have the option to pass and run the ball effectively to kind of change up the game plan a little bit and keep Clemson's defense on their toes as opposed to trying to contain Taj Boyd from running the ball yeah, and then trying to pass it out you know, to Sammy Watkins. And, and, you know, Clemson, they'll find running backs as the year goes on. I just think right now they're not really sure, you know, mm-hmm. about it. So that, that I, I, I'd go with Georgia just because right away I think they have the offensive weapons. You know, that's I'm still questioning about their defense, which is why I think it's going to be an extremely high-scoring game mm-hmm. both ways. It should be a good shootout. I'll say Georgia by three. That should be should be an entertaining one. Uh, and the last of the six here is LSU at TCU. Got a little another SEC Big Twelve matchup there. Plus four, so LSU Tigers favored by four points at nine p.m. Eastern time. Give me the Tigers. Um, you know TCU. I think they're gonna have a better year than they did last year. But Les Miles is another coach that's going to have his team ready to play and LSU seems ready every year with the talent that they recruit and bring in and have ready to go so while I think TCU has a better season particularly against you know their big 12 competition uh, the SEC right off the bat is going to be too much to handle give me LSU this is my surprise pick of the the week um I've actually got TCU. So I think they're going so fast, to my sneak up on LSU in this game oh. because uh, they got back one of their best defensive players for the game, a uh, defensive lineman. And um, then I do believe one of LSU's running backs got suspended or is he hurt? Some, something happened like that. I know they have, I mean, they have a lot of running backs. They always have a lot of running backs. But I think TCU actually holds up against them up front, forces them to throw the ball, and that's how they win the game. I think TCU is able to move the ball against that defense, which, by the way, lost a lot of good players last year. I know that, again, they're one of those schools that just, you know, they don't rebuild, they reload. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I don't think... I don't think their defense is going to be as good this year. Very interesting. Now, we have the extra point here, which is basically you're going to have, when you make their predictions for our little competition we have throughout the year, you're going to have a school that you represent, and we'll have you know rules in our forum thread there about how to pick that. Uh, so, for example, since it's our alma maters, you know, I represent Michigan. Joel here mm-hmm. represents West Virginia. Um if our teams are in those pick six, we have to choose the extra point game here as our seventh game. Otherwise, we have to choose the team or the, the game that our team is represented in. Uh, likewise, if our team is on a bye, we have to pick this extra point game. Yeah. So say, for example, if you're, you're representing Penn State, well, Penn State's already in the pick six So you, for your seventh game. You have to add your extra point, and that's going to be this game here. Boise State at Washington, minus 3.5 at 10 mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern. Now, we're not picking this officially, but you know, what do you think about this one? 
Um, well, you know, usually Boise State always has a um, like a BCS school in their schedule, and that's kind of how they get recognized. And usually, that helps their strength of schedule enough that if they're undefeated, they can get into a BCS game. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that it's Washington, though, right? Um, because I don't think Washington um, is going to be. Uh, you know, last year they had a great defensive front. Um, was that they upset Stanford uh, just because they played such a, an amazing game up front? Um, I don't think they're going to be. Uh, I don't. I think they lost a few guys. I don't think they're as talented up there this year. Um, and I think Boise State's going to be a well-rounded team this year. Um, mm-hmm. Going to look a little bit more like the Boise State teams we're used to. Um, right. And so I've I've got Boise State in that one. I think I- it's a pretty easy game for them i do too and it's kind of strange that washington is favored by three and a half here i'd I'd take boise state with the upset as well i wouldn't feel you know bad about that pick at all so my extra point that i'm actually picking for my seventh game is central michigan visiting Mm -hmm. michigan minus 31 and a half at 3 (laughs) 30 p.m eastern on saturday um i like this michigan team this year I don't like them to go, you know, too far. I'm not, you know, saying Rose Bowl or Bust or anything like that. I think this team has flaws with some of the injuries they've had. Uh, and it's really going to depend on the quarterback play. Yeah. That said, Michigan usually is not a team to blow out teams. You could still be winning by 28, and that wouldn't cover this spread. Yeah. I'm really hesitant on this kind of spread. So, I'll, for the sake of, you know, picks, I'll take Central Michigan. I think Michigan wins handily, but that 31.5 scares me. So fire up chips for the sake of picks <laughs> against the spread. All right. My, my game is uh, William and Mary versus West Virginia. And um, they're, they're a division, you know, they're, you go down a division basically to play them. Um, they've won national championships in their division so much like james madison villanova um uh, i think it was william and mary last year who gave maryland a really hard time i think so yeah um so you know uh you i mean you you know rooting for michigan know a lot about that kind of thing um with appalachian state yes you know? i do so uh, you've got in virginia tech uh lost to james madison it can always happen um you know they haven't even picked who our starting quarterback's going to be yet. But the system, we, we do kind of run a system here. And um, it is, um, you know, I wouldn't say it's a fast-paced offense, but we do run a good amount of plays, offensive plays. Um, so I don't really think it's going to matter who our quarterback is. And because, you know, depth-wise, you're always going to be, you know, you're always going to be, having an advantage against a team who's from a lower division than you. I think that we can, you know, I think if it was maybe, you know, like a Mac school or something like that, probably wouldn't be able to cover that spread. But because mm-hmm. it's a lower division team, I, I like us at home with that mm-hmm. spread. Yeah, you just can't you know play down to your opponent. That's going to be the big thing. And it takes, mm-hmm. you know, a team of mental strength to not and, be able to do that. We're apparently, I mean... There's no way our defense can be worse than it was last year. <laughs> it's true. And it our, our coaches are really liking the improvements we're seeing. We, we returned a lot of people, um, you know, and got some transfers too. So, um, you know, I, I'm hoping that, you know, teams aren't scoring 30, 40 points on us every game this year. That would be a good thing indeed. Well, that covers about all that we have. Uh, we have a good hour-long show to start out these weekly episodes. Uh, anything you're looking forward to in the coming week? Um, I mean, you know, definitely looking forward to, you know, the NFL also starting up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next week and we'll have our uh, prediction special for that as well. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, you know, I don't have class on Friday, so... I get to watch all those games on Thursday. There you go. And so, you know, you know, if you want to watch almost every single game, you know, go load up ESPN3 and you can watch all those other schools play that aren't on TV. Um, but, you know, Saturday is what it's all about. And um, there's games on Friday, too. I didn't even yeah, yeah. Re- I didn't even think about that. Um, but, 
you know, really, um, I think that the uh, I, I think that Georgia Clemson game and and the LSU TCU game, two really good games to start off the year. Like, yeah, I, even the Oklahoma State Mississippi State game is probably going to be really good. Um, so you, you've got some, you know, good um, cross conference matchups to kind of see how the conferences, you know, line up with each other this year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, we're sorry we couldn't touch on any of the Little League World Series stuff that uh, happened with Japan winning for back-to-back seasons, but it's all about the football, and, and we're, we're really happy to be back weekly. So with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Game on.